Welcome to Deeply Rooted. We're glad you're here. In this podcast, we'll discuss the difficult details and the hard to answer questions regarding being involved in a marriage or a serious dating relationship. We're your hosts. I'm Brittany West. And I'm Sam West. And we look forward to sharing our experiences with y'all. Our hope is that this podcast can invoke excitement and spark conversations that lead to relationships that are more deeply rooted in Christ and can endure all things. Hello, and welcome to Deeply Rooted. We're so glad you decided to join us today. Today is a big day for us because it's our first topic, and I would say our first official podcast. Yeah. And as we prefaced in the introduction, we are going to be talking about being equally yoked today. Mm-hmm. And primarily, we're going to look at two different areas. The first one being, what exactly does being equally yoked mean? And the second thing we want to talk about is what that looks like in our marriage. Yes. So we want to start off by reading some scripture about what the Bible has to say regarding being equally yoked. So 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? So, as we stated, the first thing we want to talk about is what equally yoked means. Now, when we say that, it sounds like a very churchy expression. Yeah, it does. I don't really think I've ever used the expression of being yoked in any other circumstance besides church. It's definitely not a common phrase. So, what exactly does that mean? What do you think it means when you think about that, Britt? I think it is being on the same page with your spiritual growth and how you choose to achieve that in a daily lifestyle. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a step further than just being two Christians. Because you can be like a lifelong Christian. Like you, maybe you got saved when you were five years old. But you're still not seeking the Lord. And so you just kind of claim that title and that's it. Or you can be like a brand new Christian where you got saved last week. But you are like, you're on that Jesus high and you're reading your Bible every day and you're listening to worship music and you're involved in your church and you're praying and you've got small groups. And, um, you know, just hypothetically, if you had two people like that together, that would be an example of unequally yoked. Yeah. And I think that it's important that we really establish kind of a baseline for what being equally yoked look like looks like. So the bottom line is to even begin to be equally yoked, both parties need to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. They need one. to be believers in Christ, born-again Christians. And without that, if both parties aren't, there's absolutely no way that there can be an equal yoke. Right. Until that happens. Right. So from there, there's a dynamic between the amount of growth that you've had in your walk with God. Mm -hmm. 
So when we look at being equally yoked, you you mentioned two Christians that are in a similar area along their walk mm-hmm. with God. It's like they're it's like they're chasing after Jesus at the same speed. Yeah. So a similar desire, a similar yearning to follow God. And you can see that through the expressions of passion, mm-hmm. that how they're seeking God. And as we move along, we'll talk, as we talk about examples of our marriage, we'll talk about how we go about doing that, mm-hmm. how we work together to ultimately glorify God. Right. So I think it's important that we look at a relationship story that you have because I, you and I have talked before and there was um, a relationship that you were in that wasn't equally yoked before you and I were together. Right. Yeah. So that's, it's honestly a, a pretty big part of my faith story. So I I was in a relationship um, in college and when I first started dating this guy, I understood that he was a Christian. And so it was kind of like I checked that box off. Like, okay, check. I want to date a Christian. And we went to church together. And that was kind of about it. That was about as deep as that, you know, spiritual relationship ever got. And then we were dating for about a year. And then I found out this individual was an atheist. And um, obviously from that point on, it's very unequally yoked. And that was something when, obviously, that relationship did not work out. And upon looking back, that was something that I really started praying. Like, God, please give me a godly husband. Like, I want to be able to, like, not not just, like, not be embarrassed to read my Bible in front of this person. Not that I was ever, like, quote-unquote embarrassed, but that person didn't have that same relationship in his life. So, it, so that relationship, I did not grow spiritually. I, I just kind of stayed the same, and once that relationship ended was when I started praying to God to have somebody that I can own, that I can like be myself with in my own faith, but go a step further than that and be with somebody that's going to encourage me in my faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course, and, and I kind of want to address what you talked about when you, when you stated like you weren't embarrassed to talk about your faith with him or you weren't embarrassed to like read your bible or do those things with him per se but i mean you had to feel some sort of way about at least some some closed offness Mm -hmm. in that specific area that you were seeking growth right and you weren't able to share that you know because you kind of think about like exciting news when you get something like a big thing happens you want to share that with the person in your life. Right. And so, like, if you're experiencing these awesome leaps and strides in spiritual growth and you can't share that with the person that you probably care about the most on the planet, it really kind of puts you in a box. Right. So, and it really diminishes God's entire design for marriage. I mean, like, or any relationship, you know, like, when you're when you're deeply dating somebody and you're really involved in this individual's life, um, you know, God wants the best for you, and that is being equally yoked. And so, like, after we broke up, that was just something I really started praying. Like, God, give me a godly husband. I want somebody that's going to, like, motivate me and encourage me. And 
like, you know, a month later was when I met you and we started dating. And now being married and having this equally yoked relationship, it's just kind of like this light bulb went off. Like, oh my gosh, this is what God had planned for me all along. And I was just cutting myself short by not being patient to wait for that and pursue that and instead settling. So it it really is, I guess, worth the hype is what I just want to express today. Yeah, so I think that kind of takes us into our next segment that we wanted to talk about. And that is what does a picture of that look like in our marriage? You know, you highlighted some things where in the previous relationship, it wasn't it wasn't healthy for you. Right. And it wasn't healthy for your growth. So why don't we look at some scripture that kind of goes over some of these like positive things like I alluded to where it's where it's worth the hype. Let's talk about what that looks like in our marriage. Um, so I'm going to read Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Yeah, and I really like how that scripture paints a picture of how two is better than one in so many different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And how the one person can always help the other person how there's so much benefit to that relationship yeah and you know as we talk about this in a relationship context like a dating relationship we can definitely see the value in that in a lot of different ways so specifically within our marriage there's a few different things that that we'd like to mention today demonstrating what that looks like. So the first one that we would like to talk about is tithing. Okay. And that one is kind of, um, that one can be touchy sometimes in the sense where if you're in a situation, at least I know early on in our marriage, before we were members of our church, we weren't really tithing. Right. We didn't. Well, initially we thought we didn't have enough money to tithe. And yeah. that was like something once we like sat down and looked at the Bible and we reworked our budget and we realized, oh, we do have money to tithe. We're just choosing to spend it on ourselves. Um, once we had that mindset shift was kind of when we got to realize the obedience of God in that aspect with our finances. Yeah. And I think it was kind of critical, too, because, you know, we were a newly newlywed couple. We didn't have much. Right. And so we were kind of doing the best with what we had. And. We didn't have a home church to give to, and it was it wasn't when we joined our church when we started you know learning more mm-hmm. about what it means to tithe and how generous giving kind right. of impacts your your own walk with Christ and I think there's something as you and I as a couple, we come together and we agree that this is what we want to do. You know, because the scripture says right. we're to do it. Yeah. Right, first, if. it's not like it's not like Sam wants to do it, and I'm just nodding my head and going along and be like, "Okay, honey, whatever you say." It's that it's a desire that we both have in our hearts for God, 
and we're able to come together to fulfill it. And then like even beyond tithing, you know, if it's like a a, a charitable type of gift, I, there's been a few situations where I've seen a need and I'll, I'll text you and I'll be like, hey, is it okay if I give $100 or whatever to this? And I know it's not in the budget, but we can rework it. And something that you do is every time you're like, yes, like, you know, if you, if you feel that call from the Holy Spirit, I, I'm in support of that. And I think that's something that God is something that gets credit for in that. Not me, not you, but yeah. that is, that's obedience to God there. For sure. Yeah. And being moved to, to enact on the Holy Spirit and knowing that if it's something that's laid on your heart, you know, it may not be necessarily something that, you know, is laid on my heart. I don't see the situation or whatever, but we have enough of the connection to be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I, I trust you that right. that's something that's laid on your heart that God's called you to do. So I, I want to support that. And, and it goes the other way, same vice versa. All right. Yeah. So that, that definitely is, is one area. The, the next thing that we saw great benefit from, from us being equally yoked was our time when we get to study together. Yeah. Study God's word. Exactly. Yeah. When we're, when we're looking at scripture, uh, specifically, you know, we talk about a big life event that we've been dealing with, um, was the passing of your mom. And we had to travel that together. Right. I mean, there was two very different individuals experiencing very different emotions throughout the duration of it. Right. And still it's something that continues with us to this day. Right. But us being able to come together and say, what does God's word have to say about this? And we knew early on as we started the healing process that this was something that we were going to tackle together, that we knew we wanted to seek God's guidance in how we healed. Right. And so we ordered a study. It was a, it was a Christian grief study and it was like a full on book that had scripture references that had questions and you and I got to sit down on a regular basis and we would just work through it together and we would talk about, you know, what specifically was on our heart and how what does God have to say about it? Exactly, yeah. But it it didn't always look like that. So I think that's important to note that like when we first started dating, we didn't get that intense and serious and we just kinda did a couple's devotional. Where we, I think we went to Lifeway. We we went to the couple section, and it was just like a, a three hundred sixty five day devotional or whatever. And we would just sit down and we would just read this one page of scripture together. And in that season of life, that worked for us, and that was the way we grew closer to God and each other mm-hmm. when we were kind of like just starting out in our relationship. But um, obviously, now being married, um, it's a little bit deeper and it's a little bit different. So it's just something that's kind of evolves throughout the course of our relationship i think it will continue to yeah and it's something it's something completely i would say serene that you have that person where you can talk about your feelings you can talk about your struggles and you can let them know and and that person you trust to take that information on and to use what knowledge and wisdom that they have and their prayer to seek out what God is calling us to do in, in those different situations. And of course that was a it was a tragic 
really sad time of our lives, but there's also, you know, there's other times of our lives. There's different phases that we went through, like you mentioned, early on where we kind of nurtured that relationship through, you know, attending church and, and right. taking the time to make time for God as an important part in our relationship. Right. And that's just something you can't do, you know, in a, in a relationship where one person's just completely not interested in that right. aspect. Yeah. And it, it really has to do with, I think, the richness of your relationship. It's just like, like for me, my faith is my most innermost being. Like it is, it is the deepest part of me. And to be able to have the one person that's completely involved in that. I mean, I still have some bit of my like private prayer time and study time, but for the most part, like you are right in there with me. And that's just something that's very special because there's not anybody else that I share it with to that degree. Yeah, and as you're as you're talking about that stuff, it, it reminded me of a time in our relationship very early on when we started doing all this. And I remember you telling me like, oh, I'm kind of afraid to pray in front of people. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, you were like, I don't really do that. It's all my prayers kind of quiet. And yeah. I think it was a great bit of growth when you were able to start praying in front of me and we, yeah. we could pray together. Yeah, that was new. I mean, I think that kind of goes to show my past and that I had never had that type of relationship where someone's pushing me out of my comfort zone to grow spiritually and hold my hand through it, literally. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. So I think that kind of hinted to what the next subject is, and that would be the fact of the openness that we have regarding our faith. Because mm-hmm. I think when you're able to be 1,000% transparent with the other person, you experience so much additional growth. Yeah. And I know sometimes in like um, a group setting where there's um, people around, at least for me, I find it more difficult to be completely honest about, you know, what it is I'm facing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like with you, I can just tell you, hey, this is what I'm facing. These are the things that I'm experiencing. Or this is something that's bringing me a lot of joy in my life. Or this is something that I'm struggling with. And just having that ability to do that is just, it, it kind of takes a weight off your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something where you you love me enough where you'll call me out if I'm, you know, kind of like you said, like I didn't want to pray out loud. Like you'll be like, Brittany, like, come on, let's let's push a little bit. Um, whereas a lot of other people, I think that are kind of more on that like acquaintance level, aren't going to confront you like that. And I think confrontation, healthy confrontation, like just not saying we're fighting, but <laughs> but just <Maybe>. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That that healthy confrontation is where you grow. And I think that is kind of what you're talking about is you have that, that safety net of knowing like this person has my back no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I can think of so many car rides home from after we leave like our small group or church or something and, and you and I can just sit and talk about what the sermon was mm-hmm. or what our thoughts were on the sermon or what our small group questions were, conversations and kind of like how does that apply in our lives or where do we need to grow? Yeah. And I know we've, we've had those conversations and when we see each other like, hey, this is an area that I'm trying to grow in, we kind of push each other 
to be like, hey, how's it going in this area? Like we're doing right. check-ins. Like, yeah. are you still succeeding in this? And we can be like, yeah, I'm doing really well. Or no, I'm failing hard. Right. And just having that is, is just amazing. Yeah. So real quick before we move on, what about the first two years of our marriage where we we hadn't found a church home yet and we were kind of shopping around trying to find the right church we were we were visiting like three or four different ones how would you say that area of our marriage differed compared to when we became members and became involved well one of the biggest areas when you ask that question that comes to my mind is our time we spent serving mm-hmm. and when we weren't a member of a church we didn't have the capability to or at least more maybe the know-how we definitely had the capability but the know-how or right. the options to find ways to get plugged in yeah. to serve and do what we're called to do yeah and that point. that was such a big step in our relationship when we decided to do that and and you know I think you deserve a lot of credit for that because you were the one that was a little bit more comfortable in finding that position and I'll be honest I was I was a little bit more hesitant to jump into those serving situations. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm being completely honest, if you weren't pushing me, I might not have done it. Yeah. And so having that desire to serve God like you did, you know, it it rubbed off on me. <laughs> That's <think>. good. Because <laughs> I, you know, I was hesitant, but like seeing you being so excited about wanting to get involved, it, it made me want to be involved. Yeah. And it was definitely by far one of the best decisions that you and I have made to do. Yeah. If any of our high school kids are listening, <laughs> <laughs> hi, and we love you a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Y'all, uh, you guys don't even understand the impact that you've made on our marriage. So th- that's what we're talking about when, when we're talking about serving. That's, that's kind of been our niche. And I know every couple is going to be different. Um, for us, it's just loving on those high school kids. Yeah, and seeing them and talking to them about, you know, just life. Yeah. And then being able to share the word and hear their thoughts. And it's just like sometimes you just get blown away by how just amazing these kids are. Right. And you get to see that. And you get to see it play out. And you get to see them grow. You get to watch them grow up and grow in God. And that is just something different. Yeah. So. Well, one last thing, I think, before we move on in terms of that that contrast of prior to being in church and after being in church is we kind of talked a little bit about finances before. Um, but I think that made a really big shift when Mm -hmm. we joined a church, kind of like we talked about like the tithe. I think it was just kind of that realization of understanding it's not our money and it's not our time. It's not our world. It's God's. All those things are God's first and we're just stewards of them. I think once that clicked for us, it really changed our marriage and like our perspective of each other even. Yeah, for sure, one one hundred percent. So, to our final point of of how being equally yoked has impacted our marriage, the last thing we want to talk about is our doctrine and where we get our instructions. Because throughout the entire episode, we've talked about you know different topics, but where do we get our instructions? How do we decide this is what we're going to do and how do we decide together this is what you know how we're going to do it what we're going to do and those sort of things definitely the bible and that's been 
I mean, that's exactly what we had to do to prepare for this podcast tonight is we, we have to open up the Bible. And there's been a, there was a few things that we kind of discussed along the way where we're like, this is kind of uncomfortable to talk about. This might hurt feelings. You know, how do we tread on this sensitive topic? And it, it just comes down to truth. And it just comes down to it's not, it's not about feelings. It's not about what we want it to say. It, it is what it is. And when you, when you take that to the entire Bible, not just the parts that you like and you agree with, um, that's your, that's your guidebook for life. And that's kind of the way our marriage is. That's, that's where we go to first and kind of like this grief. I mean, that's been a really hard season for me, especially, but I mean, just even our marriage, just to kind of deal with the different, you know, side effects of that. But when we look to the Bible and we see what the Bible says about death and resurrection and all of those things, like it walked us through that season. And there's probably going to be many more seasons to come where, you know, we don't have the answers. Like like losing my mom, I've never dealt with that before. How do you know what to do? Um, but luckily we have a God that will walk us through that and he'll instruct us how. Yeah, exactly. So just having that, being being able to be on the same page, you know, literally and figuratively <laughs> of our instructions and how we're going to handle things is right. just so key to our marriage because it's it's something where we don't have the grounds to disagree right because god said it right and that it is what it is because god said what it is yeah it takes out the opinions and the um different ideas that we come up with on our own yeah <laughs> like well what does the bible say well that's what it says so right. yeah just having that so those are a lot of the biggest ways that we've seen us being able to share in God and being seeking after him with the same intensity has impacted our marriage. Yeah. How would you say being, being in an equally yoked relationship versus before, like Mm -hmm. in your situation before we were even dating, how do you feel like your faith is? Is it different having that versus prior to me yeah and it's kind of crazy because i i definitely don't like thinking about what it would be like without you (laughs) because i you know i just it just looks bad in my opinion (laughs) but i know that it's definitely better and i know that you've motivated me in in so many different ways and you've always encouraged me and i just don't I, i don't have i don't think i really have an answer yeah. For what that, how it would look different, because I don't know, right. and I'm not really concerned with knowing with what it would look like. Yeah. But I do know that what it looks like now is something that I feel is just perfect. Yeah. So you feel safe to say that it impacts your individual spiritual walk as well as your oh, marriage. Definitely impacts my individual one. Because yeah. if I, if I'm thinking about like things I do now in my walk with God, I wasn't doing before I was yeah. with you for right. sure. I, I mean that's just how it was yeah so what about you definitely I mean I'm at I'm at a season now where I'm the closest to God that I have ever been and it's kind of like you talked about like all these different ways of serving together doing these bible studies praying together tithing together none of those are things I had ever done before really I mean um I'm, I think I tithe my allowance, maybe, like my dollar or two. <laughs> yes. but, but, like, you know, when I was in college and I was working my, my part-time job, I wasn't tithing. Um, I, I, I did not have a Bible study. 
I I was not serving. I, I think I volunteered with my sorority sometimes, but that wasn't like a, a Christian type of event where I'm like sharing the gospel through it. And mm-hmm. so kind of all those different things, like even though I was a Christian, even though I was still in a pretty good spot with my faith, it wasn't as rich as it could be. It didn't have that same level of constantly seeking Jesus. And Well, as we begin to wind down here, um, if you had to say one big takeaway, like just short, sweet takeaway (laughs) short and sweet short and sweet i know that's how you like it so what would you say i would say that it is not worth it to settle for someone you think you can convince to be a christian or someone that maybe says they're a christian but is not seeking is not running after jesus at the same pace you are so i don't know if this is short and sweet but i would say God has given us this commandment and it is our it is in our best interest to obey it. I think that was pretty short and sweet. <laughs> I can keep going if you I want know me you to can. keep going. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think we're good. Um, <laughs> no, all joking aside, we just want to leave you with a question to kind of let you ponder on as you've listened to what we've had to say. And that question is what specific parts of your spiritual walk do you feel is most important for your significant other to be involved in? So we want to leave you with that. We thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, made it all the way to the end. Uh, We look forward to future episodes. Yes. And we look forward to your feedback. Yeah. Please let us know any other topic ideas you guys have. I did a few polls on the Instagram. Again, that is the Deeply Rooted Podcast. So I'll probably do another like question box of topic ideas. So if there's something that maybe you feel like you didn't get much of in your premarital course or you're about to get married and maybe it's a, you know, a a stressor you have, please let us know because we haven't picked our next topic yet. So we are all ears. We have tons of ideas. We have lots of ideas, but we haven't narrowed down one yet. So. (laughs) All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and end the podcast, but Thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you a happy day. Have a blessed day. Bye.